G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. When you're travelling through a dark and scary patch in life, there's a strong temptation to do the wrong thing to save your own skin. I'm pretty sure you know what I'm talking about. But there is another way. Bernie Diamond, and thank you so much for joining me again on Christianity Works. Today we're going to take a look at a different sort of fear, the fear of the Lord in those dark places, because this fear is a good fear. So let's head into God's Word, and please do stay tuned, because in just a few minutes, I'll be telling you about our free daily devotional, Fresh, to help you live in the victory that Jesus died and rose again to give you, no matter what this world throws at you. Well, it's great to be with you again this week. I'm not sure if you were able to join us last week, but we began a new series called Dark Night, Bright Light. Darkness, well, we all travel through darkness in our lives. There are times when, I don't know, the storm clouds just come rolling over the top and and maybe we've been sick or maybe we've lost someone we love or maybe we've been hurt. And it's not to say that we're a bunch of losers. I don't mean that. It's just the reality of life. Jackie, my wife, was talking to a long-time friend of hers and their children are growing up and there are lots of challenges and problems and she's just exhausted. Or a dear friend of mine whose son committed suicide and, and he and his wife are still reeling from that. Or a friend who's been retrenched and he's in his 50s and it's hard to find a job. Stuff like that happens. Dark times, difficult times. Well, in those darknesses, we just can't see where we are or where we're headed. I've had them, you've had them, and that's life. Jesus said this amazing thing. He said, I am the light of the world. And one of the things we saw last week is that he is in the light business. And that's good news for anyone going through a dark patch. The very first thing that God created in Genesis chapter 1 was light. A trillion, trillion stars at least. God is definitely in the light business. Hallelujah, don't you think? And we spent some time last week with King David in a psalm, Psalm 34. If you've got your Bible, grab it, open it up. We're going there again today. Psalm 34 is kind of a retrospective, a hindsight look at the dark times that David's been through, where he was afraid and God showed up. Let me just read the first part of it again. Psalm 34, beginning at verse 1. David says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise will always be on my lips. My soul will boast in the Lord. Let the afflicted hear and rejoice. Glorify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord and he answered me. He delivered me from all my fears. Those who look at him are radiant. Their faces are never covered with shame. This poor man called and the Lord heard him. He saved him from all his troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him, and he delivers them. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. You see, what David is saying here is that God is a God 
who shows up in the dark times and delivers us. And, and David's not saying that off the top of his head or out of a textbook. He's saying it from having experienced God in all the dark times that he travelled through in his life. He spent such a long time on the run from Saul who was trying to kill him. He, he lived in dark places and lonely places in fear for his life. He, he fought so many battles where he was hard-pressed and he should have been killed, but God was there for him. God showed up. And one of the things that we, we touched on last week was fear, the bad fear that we have and the good fear. The bad fear is the fear that David talks about in verse 4 of this psalm. He says, I sought the Lord and he answered me. He delivered me from all my fears. And we do get afraid and it immobilizes us. But the good fear he talks about in verse 7, the angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and he delivers them. The fear of the Lord. We're going to have a look at that some more today because it's what the next part of Psalm 34 is all about. I want you to come with me now as we read just the next five verses of this psalm, Psalm 34 verses 9 to 14, which is where we're going to spend our time together today. This is what David writes. He says, Fear the Lord, you his holy ones, for those who fear him will have no want. The lions may grow weak and hungry, but those who seek the Lord will lack no good thing. Come, my children, listen to me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. Whoever of you loves life and desires to see many good days, keep your tongue from evil and, and your lips from speaking lies. Turn from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. This is a really important part of the psalm. The first part told us all about God and what he's like, and that's fantastic. But this second part, it's about the part that we have to play in those dark times. I want to tell you something about darkness. People will do things in the dark that they won't do in the light. Let me say that again because it's really important. People will do things in the dark that they won't do in the light. Think about it. We're much more careful about where we walk and what we do out there in the dark, in the night time, than we are by day. Robberies, muggings, murders are all more likely to happen under the cover of darkness than they are in daylight where the criminal might be seen and, and get caught. The same thing is true in our lives. Dark times, well, those are the times where we're far more likely to do things that we know are wrong. Let me just give you a few practical, everyday examples. Things are tough, we're feeling down. You know what a lot of people do? They overeat. Comfort food, they call it. They put on weight, they feel a whole bunch worse about themselves than when they started. Or a husband and wife, they're going through a tough time in their marriage and their minds and eyes start to wander. They start looking around, and that's how adultery begins, instead of holding each other close and working through the issues. Or perhaps there's conflict at work. Someone is just not treating us well, and we're feeling under pressure. It's really getting to us. The boss is being just horrible. And we take that as an excuse to justify being lazy or stealing something or gossiping behind their backs or not servicing a customer properly so that the firm will lose some money. Or perhaps money's really tight. There's real financial pressure in our lives and we're tempted to lie and cheat on our tax returns. Or when the shop attendant makes a mistake and gives us too much change, we just slip it in our pockets. Do you see how easy this stuff is? In the dark times, in those hidden places, the temptation to do wrong is far greater than when the times are good. No one's going to notice. After all... Times are tough. I have to look after number one, me. I have to justify myself or protect myself or provide for myself. 
That's how we rationalize this stuff. And notice the central theme through all of that. Me, myself, and I. In those dark times, we often experience fear. They're the times when we're afraid. And in those dark times, we often experience the temptation to sin, to turn away from what we know is right because no one will notice. And we just have to. We have to sin to save our skin. And the devil loves it this way. He's, he's so delighted to see this. The Apostle John puts it this way in 1 John chapter 1, verse 5. He says, This is the message we've heard from him and declare it to you. God is light. In him there's no darkness at all. If we claim to walk with him and yet we walk in the darkness, we're lying. And we don't live up to the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. And, and so today we're going to take a look at the wisdom that comes from David's experience in those dark times. The wisdom about how we behave, what he learned to do when temptation came in those dark times. I'm Bertie Diamond and you're listening to Christianity Works. As we take this short break, I'd like to tell you about a free daily resource that I'd love to send you to help you draw closer to God. It's called Fresh, a short daily devotional with a powerful scripture verse and some words of inspiration, hope and encouragement delivered right to the inbox on your smartphone, tablet or computer each and every day. Or if you prefer, you can now receive a printed version delivered right to your letterbox. It's completely free. To get instant access either to the digital or the printed version of Fresh, stop by our mobile-friendly website, ChristianityWorks.com. You'll see the Fresh e-devotional sign-up right there at the top of the homepage. Or, if you prefer, give us a call toll-free on 1300 722 415 to request the printed Fresh devotional. It's completely up to you. That's online at ChristianityWorks.com or toll-free on 1300 722 415. So go ahead, sign up to receive Fresh, and may your heart be touched and transformed as you draw ever closer to Jesus through his word. Now, I don't know about you, but this time that we're spending in Psalm 34 is such a great encouragement to me. I love it how God speaks to us here and now around 3,000 years after what David went through. But then, that's the power of God's word. Are you ready? Well, we're going to take a bit of a closer look at this part of Psalm 34 because that's how we learn what God's teaching us through David's wisdom. Let's read just a few verses again. Psalm 34, verses 9 to 11. David writes, Fear the Lord, you his holy ones, for those who fear him will have no want. Sure, the lions may grow weak and hungry, but those who seek the Lord will lack no good thing. Come, my children, listen to me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. I love this because it's a place where God gives us his solutions to our problems. It's not good enough for him to, to wrap us over the knuckles with a ruler when we're doing the wrong thing. We need to know how not to repeat the mistake. And that's what this piece of wisdom is all about. Let's look at verse 9 again. Fear the Lord, you his holy ones, for those who fear him will have no want. Last week we saw that the fear of the Lord has two parts. The most obvious definition of fear is to be afraid. 
but it also means to reverence and to honour. And I want to talk about those today. It's important. You know, it's really easy to imagine that somehow God is just our buddy, like another friend. And to be sure, he is our friend. But God is also an awesome God. And ultimately, he will see justice done. There will be a day of judgment. There will be a day when we have to give an account before him for all that we've done and all that we've said. Jesus made that really clear. In Matthew chapter 10, verse 28, we can read this. Jesus said, Do not be afraid of those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Rather, be afraid of the one who can destroy both soul and body in hell. We need to never lose sight of that. There are consequences to our sin. There are consequences to rebelling against God. And if we just go on wantonly stealing or lying or grumbling or hating or undermining or or living in sexual sin or whatever it is, and we think to ourselves, well, it's okay. God's my buddy. Then let me make this clear. We are completely missing the point. Yes, Jesus died for your sins and mine. Absolutely. And when I get something wrong, I go to God and I admit it and I say, Lord, I just got this wrong. I don't want to go there again. Please forgive me, God. And he does. But that attitude is one that comes out of the fear of the Lord, I have to tell you. A casual attitude towards God that thinks that we can just keep on sinning is not on. He won't honor it. Why? Because if you believe Jesus, his plan is for you and me to be holy. In other words, to be clean and pure and set apart exclusively for God's use. Listen again to verse 9. Fear the Lord, you his holy ones, for those who fear him will have no want. See, we are not our own. We are bought at a price, and God has this awesome plan to use us just as he pleases. And the devil knows that. That's why when times are tough, when we're travelling through a dark place, He wants to smear us with that darkness. Here's the deception. Things are difficult, therefore I have to bend the rules to set it right. Money's tight, so I have to steal to provide for myself. The boss is giving me a hard time, so I have to stab him in the back to set things right. My husband and my wife isn't everything they should be. I have to start looking around somewhere else to find someone who is everything they should be. The devil will play that rubbish over and over and over again until we swallow it, hook, line and sinker. And God's answer is exactly the opposite. Fear the Lord, you his holy ones, for those who fear him will have no want. The lions may grow weak and hungry, but those who seek the Lord will lack no good thing. God's way is to provide for us not all our wants, but all our needs. And when we fear the Lord, when we fear his judgment and honour him and reverence him with what we think and what we say and what we do, God will make sure that we have what we need. What a huge opposite to our natural inclination. Yes, times are tough. Yes, money's tight. But I will fill out my tax return honestly. I won't claim expenses from my company that are really personal rather than company expenses. I don't care how tough things get financially. I am going to fear the Lord because I am bought for a price. I am holy. I am set apart for him. And his word says that in those dark times, if I fear him, I will have no want. And when I seek him with all my heart, I will lack no good thing. Do you get it? David is saying here, I learned in my dark times just to stand for God. 
just to do the right thing, to fear him, to be holy because he will provide for me. And remember, David is teaching us from having been on the run from King Saul who wanted to kill him for years, sleeping in dark caves, fearing for his life. This is what he learned in his dark places. And that's why he's telling us this stuff. He's saying, listen to me, for I will teach you the fear of the Lord. Come, my children, listen to me. In other words, listen to me. This works. I know it does because I've been there. Diamond, and you're listening to Christianity Works. I just want to take a moment in this short break to share something truly important with you. As we're discovering in this series, life can be tough. Well, you don't need me to tell you that. You already knew it because you've been there. And sometimes, let's face it, our circumstances seem completely impossible. That's why I'd love to send you a free copy of our latest life application booklet. It's called Victory Against Impossible Odds. It's full of life-changing practical Bible teaching to help you live in the victory that Jesus died and rose again to give you no matter what life throws at you. And at the end of each chapter, you'll find a series of life application questions to help you think through and apply God's Word right in the realities of your life. To request your copy, stop by our mobile-friendly website, ChristianityWorks.com, or give us a call toll-free on 1-300-722-415, and we'll send your free booklet straight out to you in the post. Again, that's online at ChristianityWorks.com, or toll-free on 1-300-722-415. All right, in the few minutes that we have left together, let's get down and tactical. Let's take a look at what it means to fear the Lord in those dark and difficult times. Are you ready to make the rubber hit the road? I hope you're being blessed as I am as we work our way through the wondrous Word of God. Imagine the God who created the whole universe speaking to you and me through his word, through something that was written about 3,000 years ago. I want to finish off with just the next few verses of this psalm because they contain a specific challenge, a challenge that God is making to you and to me today. Have a listen. Psalm 34, verses 11 to 14. Come, my children, listen to me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. Whoever of you loves life and desires to see many good days... Keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking lies. Turn away from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. See, sometimes we wonder, well, how do we live out this fear of the Lord? Do I sit in a corner and tremble? No, not at all. David, remember this David who's speaking to us from his own difficult, dark experience, is throwing down a challenge. He's teaching us how to live in the fear of the Lord. Quite simply, paraphrasing, he's saying, do you want to live a good life? Do you want to live a great life? Well, here's how to do it. By living out the fear of the Lord through what you say and what you do. Whoever of you loves life and desires to see many good days, keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking lies. Turn away from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. Now, we're all different. We're all prone to different forms of the same thing that God calls sin. For some people, it's grumbling. 
For others, it's gambling or lying or stealing or carrying around hatred in our hearts and speaking it out behind people's backs or gossiping or sexual sin. You name it, the list goes on. Overeating, getting drunk, closing ourselves off from other people and family over and over again. The list is really long. And my hunch is that we each know which one or two are the particular ones that we're prone to. And here's the challenge. If we're in a dark and fearful place, a place where there's a temptation to stop doing good and to do wrong, to turn away from God and to sin so that we can save our skin, here's the challenge to turn away from that stuff and do good instead and put our faith in God. That's what it means in practical terms to fear the Lord. That's how we live out the fear of the Lord with our lives. See, we delude ourselves if we somehow imagine that in that dark place, God can't see what's going on. Wake up! Listen to what the Apostle Paul writes to to his friends in Galatia. You can read it in Galatians chapter 6, beginning at verse 7. And if you have a Bible, come here with me and, and share in God's word with me. I was with a group of Christians recently, and they just paid lip service to God's word. Let's be serious about getting God's word into us. Galatians chapter 6, verse 7. Don't be deceived. God cannot be mocked. You're going to reap what you sow. If you sow to please your sinful nature, from that nature you'll reap destruction. The one who sows to please the Spirit, however, from the Spirit will reap eternal life. Don't become weary of doing good, for just at the right time we will reap a harvest if we don't give up. Therefore, as we have the opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of God. That was written about a thousand years after David, and it's saying the same thing in a different way. In those dark places, it is so tempting to grow weary of doing good, to sin in order to save our skin, to provide for ourselves in our own strength. Paul's saying, just keep going. Don't become weary of doing good, because in God's time, you will reap the harvest. That's the challenge. It's the challenge for each one of us in difficult circumstances, in dark places, to stop making excuses. They're the very places where the devil wants to tear us apart. That's the very place where we have to be vigilant, to bow down our lives, to fear the Lord, just do the right thing day after day after day, and his light will shine in that place. It has to. That's who he is. God honours those who honour him. And in those dark places, when step by step we discover his light, that is such a precious, awesome and mighty thing. It changes us like nothing else on earth. That's why David starts his psalm off with such a gusto of praise, because he knows all this stuff through his own experience. I will bless the Lord all the time. His praise will always be on my lips. My soul will boast in the Lord. Let the afflicted hear and rejoice. Glorify the Lord with me. Let us exalt in his name. For I sought the Lord and he answered me. He delivered me from my fears. Those who look to him are radiant. Their faces are never covered with shame. This poor man called and the Lord heard him. He saved him from all his troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps 
around those who fear him, and he delivers them. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. Fear the Lord, you holy ones, for those who fear him will have no want. The lions may well grow weak and hungry, but those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. Come, my children, listen to me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. Whoever of you loves life and desires to see many good days, keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking lies. Turn away from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. Isn't it amazing how we can rationalise and complicate and make excuses in those dark places? When you and I are walking through the dark, the devil sees what's going on. And God sees what's going on. And, and in that dark place, God is so ready, so willing to shine his bright light on that dark night. Whoever of you loves life and desires to see many good days, just, just keep your tongue from evil. Stop your lips from speaking lies. Turn away from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. God is in that place with you. No matter how dark the night is, his bright light will shine in your heart. Well, that's pretty much all we have time for today. But before I go, there's something very important that I need to share with you. This program, Christianity Works, is encouraging so many people in over 160 countries to live in a rich, powerful, dynamic relationship with Jesus. But that's only possible through the generous support of friends like you. In fact, each dollar that you give towards the ministry of Christianity Works today will help reach almost 3,000 people with a gospel message. So a gift today of, say, $35 will touch over 100,000 people with the good news of Jesus Christ. That's amazing. So let me encourage you to give a generous, tax-deductible gift to Christianity Works today. You can do that right now, securely online, by visiting our mobile-friendly website, ChristianityWorks.com, or by giving us a call on 1-300-722-415. And when you do get in touch, please don't forget to request your free copy of that life application booklet that I mentioned earlier. It's called Victory Against Impossible Odds. Again, that's online at ChristianityWorks.com or toll free on 1-300-722-415. Hey, thanks so much for your support and for joining me today. I'm Bernie Diamond. Catch you again same time next week with another message of God's love, God's grace and God's power for each one of us in Jesus Christ. taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.